uh, but I'm trying not to let time be the dictator of the goal. So like I read this great quote from Elon Musk, it said, try and achieve your 10-year goal in the next six months. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's freaky. So I guess it's just that level of thinking, like it can be done. So mm-hmm. what does that look like now? So rather than wait to go, you know, two comma club in five years, how do I go two comma club in the next 60 days? Hey everybody, Corey Mortensen here, host of the Jordan Year Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've been listening to the other shows, but if this is your first time listening, welcome. You're going to hear a bunch of really amazing lessons from my newest guest, Australian financial coach, guru, network marketer, whatever you want to call him. He is amazing and super excited to have done this because it's my first international show. But Lloyd Ross is going to tell you all about his story, his upbringing, his career, what he's done in the past, and what he's doing now, and how he's achieved financial freedom and wealth through what he has kind of outlined in his new book, Money Grows on Trees. And it's a simple three-step process is what he is telling me. I've got the book. I'm about to read it. I'm finishing my book that I have now, then I'm reading his. So I'll have a review on that soon. But anyway, I can't wait for you guys to listen. There's a ton of really good information here. Super inspirational if you're looking to do a little bit more financially in your job, career, business, entrepreneur, whatever it is, this is a great show for you. So without further ado, here is the next episode of the Jordan Your Podcast. Lloyd, thank you so much for being on the show, the Join Your Podcast. I'm very excited. You are my first international guest, which is extremely exciting. Love being the first of anything. That's awesome. Thanks for having me on. I'm pumped. Yeah, absolutely. So if you wouldn't mind just telling everybody kind of who you are, just real quick, uh, something of of who you are and what you do. Yes, sure. So, um, I'm an online entrepreneur. I built a network marketing business from scratch. Um, and I'm also an author of a book called Money Grows on Trees um, and a course. And so I teach people how to plant and grow their own money trees so they can create financial independence. Um, and my past, you know, I'm a lawyer by profession and I got out of that industry into real estate. Um, so I have tremendous amounts of sales experience in real estate and traditional business and then I moved into the online space and been there for the last you know seven years and so I'm just excited about online business I love it but also helping people learn about money and create multiple streams of income so they can you know leave their job if they want to do that um, you know have more flexibility so that's what I'm all about yeah awesome and and there was a really cool um, I was I was on your LinkedIn kind of looking you know doing some research on you and on there, it says that you were one of the people in commercial real estate involved with the building of the sixth largest development in the world. Is that correct? Yeah. So when I, um, I actually cut my teeth on commercial sales and leasing in real estate when I was 20, I got my full real estate license and then I became a lawyer in property, but got into projects and, and real estate development. Uh, at 25, I landed a job as an assistant development manager for the sixth largest project in the world, which is called Yas Island. And it's where the Abu Dhabi motors, motor track is for the inaugural, well, they still have the Grand Prix there, the F1 Grand Prix. So I was involved in the in the development of the track, the F1 track, um, the Ferrari World theme park, which is the largest freestanding roof in the world, 
multiple hotels, golf course developments, residential developments, master plan developments, but it's the sixth largest project in the world. So yeah, that was where I started at 25 in the corporate world. Man, 25. And that's what you were, you were doing. That's great. So, yeah. so tell me, kind of bring it back. We'll kind of have that be, you know, the middle ground for, cause I yeah. like, I like to learn a lot about people's, people's stories and backgrounds. Yeah. I think a lot of yeah. these, these entrepreneur shows, they kind of just focus on all the really good stuff and they don't really dive deep into what really made that person, that entrepreneur, who they are and what they did. Um, yeah. I want to learn more about, you know, what were you doing before that, before, you, you know, in your early years and kind of what your, what your deeper story is, if you don't mind. Yeah. So um, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a big sales tycoon in, um, in insurance sales and he, he left school in grade 10. So he didn't have any, a tertiary education. But uh, when I grew up, I, I want, had a little bit of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial flair. I used to like selling stuff, um, yard sales. And, you know, I, I started a car washing business when I was 11. And so I, I just kind of had that, that desire to start something of my own. And then I went to university like everyone else did. And I did pre-med, uh, I did a biomed science degree and graduated when I was 19. I went away overseas traveling for a year came back and didn't want to do medicine. It wasn't my bag. It wasn't my thing. I did a master's in international business, like an MBA and I graduated at 21. Then I worked in real estate for a stint. Um, got my real estate license, love selling, love, love commercial sales and leasing, love learning about real estate investing. And then I went back and became, uh, got my law degree. And so my dad was really influential in terms of, Hey man, you need to keep going to school. I was like, what? I didn't teach me anything there, but he never had an education. So he really encouraged it. So I became a lawyer when I was 24. So I had three university degrees under my belt, uh, eight years of uni, 16 semesters full time. And, you know, I was just like study, study, study. And so I, I, I became a lawyer. I got admitted to the Supreme Court as a lawyer in 2008. But then I got out of that industry because I was just like, oh, it's gross. It doesn't suit me. You didn't really want to do it. And landed this epic job, you know, in, uh, in projects in the, in the Middle East. I, I remember doing a phone interview and they're like, Hey, do you want a job over here? And I met the guy that actually set it up for me in a bar. And, uh, you know, so he said, they're looking for good people. So I remember doing the phone interview in Sydney. I flew down to Sydney to get into investment banking, but that's when Bear Stearns collapsed and the whole global financial crisis happened. So they weren't hiring. So I got this gig and I was like, I don't even know where Abu Dhabi is, but I'm one of those people that says yes. And then figures it out, you know? So like what Richard Branson talks about in his book, um, and so I said, yeah, I'm in, I'll come. I don't even know where Abu Dhabi is on the map, but I'll go. So I remember jumping on a plane, going over, landing this great, amazing job. It was going to be like flying to Italy to talk to the Ferrari team, talking to Warner brothers about theme parks on this project. And I had no freaking experience in that area at all. So I remember at 25 driving onto this Island, the sixth largest project in the world with a hard hat on going, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm way out of my depth, but how cool is it that, <laughs> that I'm here? Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. figure it out. So I had that ability to like, oh, and I found my feet there and I had a really good mentor there that taught me how to, you know, ma taught me management and that was really effective. Um, yeah, taught me real. I learned how to financial model there. So I learned financial modeling. I took courses. I started finance with a charter exam with more than an MBA. So I completed my first two levels of the three levels of that while I was working in this project space and I had a good mentor and that was it. And he taught me uh, lots of stuff. But one thing I learned when I was there was like, I didn't want a job and I had a job there. I remember commuting an hour and a half to work. And I remember, yeah, so I did that, I had a good mentor, learned lots of stuff. But what I learned was 
you know, commuting an hour and a half to work in the morning and an hour and a half home, listening to pod, like listening to podcast, listening to like um, audio books about entrepreneurship. I just needed to get out of there. Mm-hmm. I, like the only time I ever had a wage was in those five years in Abu Dhabi working in a job. And after that, I remember writing my resignation letter and like, I'm out. And I ended up joining my dad in traditional real estate business back here in Australia. And that's where I learned how to sell and market. And Yeah. So you, you know, you, you did a lot of schooling and got lots of like really awesome resume builders and, you know, bullet points on, on that. And everything looks really good on paper. Right. But it wasn't what you really wanted. And, but did, did you know that was what you didn't want when you were going into it or were you kind of just, I'm going to feel it out and we'll see where, where I, well, yeah, I was going to feel it out because I, again, you know, I was just, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up like many people. So I just tried, you know, I studied, I completed every degree that I did. So I'm, I'm not one to like go into something and stop it. I want to complete what I start. And that was a trait that I learned doing that. Um, and I learned lots of stuff. I met a lot of people, but it really, you know, universities, unless, yeah, it's just not a great way to learn. Um, and it certainly doesn't help entrepreneurs. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, don't go to university. Yeah. Certainly not for business anyway. It's a waste of time. So, um, yeah. And if I had an opportunity to be an entrepreneur back then, if I hadn't had been influenced by my dad, I would have got into business earlier. I probably would have gone into real estate earlier. Um, that always attracted me because it's a sales-driven environment, performance-based, people, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool. And so I, I did end up getting into that eventually. And that's where it's a great place to to learn entrepreneurship. So yeah, I did a lot of degrees. It opened up an opportunity for that job over there overseas. So I can't say it didn't serve me. It gets me in a lot of front doors and it sounds cool. People listen to me when I tell them I'm a lawyer, they go, Oh, you're a lawyer. Wow. I'm like, yep. So now I've got credibility, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of how it was for me. Cause like I, like I told you, I was on the commercial side of things and it's funny because everybody that I told, and I went to you know college and my whole thing was a real estate. It was finance in a real estate concentration, which was all commercial financial modeling, it's kind yeah. of cash flows, all that fun, you know, all that fun stuff. And, yeah. you know, every time I told somebody I was in real estate, they just assumed I was a real estate agent selling homes when I was really yeah. on, you know, the corporate side and the side. Yeah. Know, appraisal when I first got started with everything. And, you know, yeah. it, but when I told them, I said, no, I'm, I'm in commercial real estate. And I work these, you know, these large scale deals I'm like, Oh, Oh wow. And it's, but it was, I didn't like what I was doing with that because I didn't have the exposure to people and they tell you you're an entrepreneur in there, but I still have to show up to an office and come in at office hours and have a boss and everything. And I was like, this is, this is not what I'm, I'm looking for right now. And you know, then then I made the switch to being a real estate agent where I have an awesome brokerage right now and a really great team that supports me. And, and that's been really key. So, and that kind of set my segue into my next question which is who is the person that's kind of given you the most mentorship and what did that look like for you? Um, it was my, it's been my dad. Uh, so when I came back from overseas, uh, so from Dubai, I came back and we got into business together in real estate and he has a small uh, project sales and finance business. And it was kind of like on the rocks after the GFC. So I came in and we just had to rebuild the thing basically he taught me direct selling so face-to-face selling like i had to go into uh cold so with cold call out of the office and i'd get to go into houses and sit in front of their kitchen bench walk into the house not knowing them and then two hours later have sold them a half million dollar house that was the skill set that i 
developed there, which is really rad. It's cool. It's amazing skill set to be able to do that. So he taught me how to do that, but also I was able to get my hands dirty in all parts of the business, the marketing, the lead generation, the conversions, the referrals, the customer management, the IT system, the, 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 the office, I did, did all the deals for the office leasing. I just did everything, sunk my teeth into everything. So it was all parts of a traditional sales driven business that I learned in a baptism of fire because it was like on its butt ready to like go broke and we built it back up. So it was, wow. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not at the yeah. time. Didn't feel good at the time, but it, now I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. 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 So great skills. <laughs> yeah. So you told what, me yeah. So what, what do you think is more, most important then? Do you think it's hard work or talent? Well, it's definitely not talent. Um, does, desire will always outplay talent. So being hungry will always be talent. Talent. Yeah. I think talent is just, I don't even know in, in the world of entrepreneurship. I don't think it's talent serves anyone. <laughs> I don't think I'm particularly talented in anything. I just was dogged. I was like per perseverance. Those characteristics of perseverance, hunger, desire, optimism, positive thinking, um, you know, warmth and empathy for people, care, uh, high standards, um, you know, ability to get to 80% and execute, not being a perfectionist. Those things are better traits in entrepreneurship than, than having talent. I don't think anyone's talented as an entrepreneur. I think it's just the only way to learn is to be gritty in the field, getting bashed up. That's the only way to learn. Yeah. And stick with it. I mean, and you, and you, yeah. you already mentioned it in that, that awesome list. I mean, if you want anything out of this podcast, I mean, probably the intro I'm going to do is just, it's going to be that little list that you just put, because that really is the short list for any type of success in any career or job or entrepreneurship, yeah. or whatever, because it really is totally. just pushing through and having hope and optimism and staying with it and consistent yeah. and trying to grow within it. So that, that was perfect. Um, so what, what, and you talked a little bit, what, how close to failure did you come in, in your endeavors? And cause you, you mentioned that it was kind of coming through the, the crisis and trying to build the business back up. What, yeah. what was the hardest part about either doing that? Or was there another time that you guys were like, if we don't make this one sale or we don't walk into the house without a deal, we're, we're done. Was there anything like that? Yeah, there, there actually was. Um, almost exactly like that. So I came back, I'd saved up some money from my, my job overseas. I was paid us dollars. I brought that back. I started investing at a young age, about 25. So I had some investment like share investments and a bit of cash. I saved, you know, I didn't, I didn't spend over there like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to come into my dad's business for commission only off the, off the bat. Like it was commission only immediately. There's no retainer, no wage, nothing. Yeah. And I came to this business that was on its knees. And massive outgoings, too much overhead. Um, the lead system was telemarketing, it was old lead system. There was no online, there was no website. It was just beaten up. Wow. And yeah. yeah, it was brutal. And so I'm like, okay, we need to fit, we need to write this ship. It was going down. And it got to a point, I remember on a Saturday, I went up to get a phone that I bought for my dad's birthday for him. And I went upstairs to our office and it was locked. We were locked out of our office for non-payment of rent. Really? And I was like, oh, God. And so I remember having a staff meeting downstairs in the cafe with the staff. And we had three weeks basically to go and I had to, I had to go and find a new office. We had to figure out what we were going to sell to get enough money for the security deposit for the bond to get a new office premises. 
had to pay the staff enough to keep them. They're our marketing staff, our telemarketing staff. And I remember walking around with my dad it, it, looking at office premises on this just, just urgency hustle. And it started to rain on us. And I was like, this is brutal. It's like the bottom, right? It couldn't get any worse. And then we found a place. We got a security deposit done. We sold one of the cars we had. Um, and I sold some rifles I had too. I remember hustling them at the sh- local rifle shop to get enough money. Uh, put an old house we had on the market, sold that quick. We just created capital really fast, liquidated whatever we had and created enough money to, to, to put the security deposit down for three months rent, moved into a new office, got enough to put the phones in. The staff came in and they started jumping on the phones and getting us appointments. And I remember there was this one appointment I had to do, like it was an hour and a half drive from here. And it was like, I have to settle this deal because we need this money. And I was stressing out. And my dad just said to me, he goes, listen, you can only do your best and your best is enough. And I was like, ah, that's, that's good. I'm just going to do my best. And so I went out there, did the deal. And I was like, it, it settled. We got enough money. It helped us to fund the next part of the business. And we got another one and then another one. And then there's other th- major things that happened in that time. Like we, we had a builder that was creating a fraudulent building company with inside itself. And we, we were in court with them um, to, to get security out from them. So there was a civil litigation happening. There was a personal injury came litigation happening. So we went in court with two court cases. Man, there was lots man. going on. There was lots. It, it was like, you couldn't even plan it. Then there was real estate holdings with debt where the tenants were tenants fled. They just left. And so we had this real, commercial premises that was just bleeding cash i mean it was just a nightmare so it was intense it was a baptism of fire in terms of entrepreneurship plus i could only make money when i did deals so all the other stuff was just like just doing it without any any return it was like saving the family business basically yeah and it was all hands on deck man it was just this yeah anyway yeah. We, we came out of it and we changed our lead system, re, reinvigorated the business, dropped all the overheads, the staff, the properties, everything. Got it down to, a, to running on an oily rag, our own office premises, small couple staff, all inbound lead generation from Facebook and went, went nationwide, did things on the phone, just very lean business and it survived and now it's thriving. <laughs> yeah. So is that kind of the lesson that you learned was just, yeah. were you guys spread too thin or what, what was the major, what was, was the major? Med- takeaway for you many many things that i mean the business didn't innovate because the technology was beyond um, a dad's scope Mm -hmm. um they hadn't adopted it they hadn't adopted multiple income streams from like superannuation property there was there was uh yeah too many overheads there was there was just so many things happening at once uh and just yeah it was it was a lack of change and innovation that killed it and we had to innovate. And we innovated so fast because I'm an innovator. I come in and just innovate. And and I had to innovate, get the change, and then execute myself. And I had to kind of sell the propositions to my dad all the time and why we need it. So it was like a negotiation every time. And um, we now, I'd say that particular business, now I'm out of that business now. Uh, I left to pursue the, the other business was growing so fast because I started another business while that was happening. And it was growing so fast that I actually left the other business. But now it's like arguably the most effective lead generation private project real estate business in the city for sure. Wow. Yes. In seven years, in eight years. Yeah. So it was a big turnaround. So what, what's your approach to innovation? Because I, you, you obviously have a grasp on, on how you 
innovate and what that process looks like for you. But I, I don't know what that process looks like for me. If I was, if I had my back up against the wall, you know, I could yeah. probably figure it out. But yeah, I think a lot of people, that's an important aspect of even just self growth and trying to innovate in themselves and, and what they yeah. want to do in their lives, but even professionally, I mean, what, what is your pr- approach to innovation? Yeah. So innovation, you have to be innovating when your back's not against the wall. Like I've done both and it's far easier to innovate when your back's not against the wall. So if you find yourself at the top of your game, that's when you've got to innovate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos is the best at it, uh, who obviously he owns Amazon, um, started Amazon, but he says every day is day one. So like you have to be thinking about your business 24 seven in terms of how can we make it better? I know it's amazing. How can we be better? How can we be better? How, it's, it's just that question you ask every day. And the things on how can we be better is how can we attract more customers? How can we increase our margins and how can we deliver a better service to our customers so they can send more customers to us and they'll, they repeat purchase, right? And how do we do that in such a way that it's a great working environment so our staff and our people and everyone stays? So how do we innovate our culture so it keeps the best talent? And so all of those things have to be thought through. But the only way innovators go, wow, we, 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 we're great here. We're not so great there. What can we do? How can we bring technology in to support us? Is it the right thing to do with more technology or less technology? What are some of the things we can do to actually invigorate more customers or more referrals, which is probably the best. Like if you're getting more referrals, then it means you're actually helping, you know, your staff are happy, your customers are happy, and it's the best type of business you can attract is referral business. Um, you know, but you know, yeah, how can technology support us in in reducing our costs, increasing our profits, and having a great work environment and growing? That's that's how you do it. Yeah. Do you think networking plays a lot in getting other people's ideas and hearing about what other folks are doing? Um, I actually think following modeling other people works. So like, uh, and I'm, I mean, I read a lot of books, um, on marketing. I read the latest thing. I'm subscribed to tons of, you know, email subscription lists. Uh, I I watch people on Instagram and Facebook and those things. And I watch, uh, you know, learn about Jeff Bezos, learn about Elon Musk and you read their books and you figure out what's, what's going on in their mind, how they work, how they operate. And it's more just about modeling them, I think, more than anything. Because you, being an innovator, you have to kind of be an original thinker. And so you can take parts of other people, but you have to then put your own spin on it. So, like, for example, with our network marketing business, we took elements of Russell Brunson's direct response marketing, so info product marketing, and that system of his perfect webinar model and all these things, and we just brought it down into our own duplicatable, simple system for network marketing. And we innovated the recruitment and development systems within that industry and i've probably got one of the best in the world i think in that now but we took something that was working elsewhere and we brought it into ours because of we saw how effective it was that's yeah. that's a way to do it okay gotcha so is is it better to have a good business just on on paper and everything or is it better to have a good brand what do you what do you think is more important uh well, I think now more than ever, the brand is, is, uh, it's, it's got more equity. It's got more power now than ever before. Personal yeah. brands. I mean, like, uh, I don't think brands, brands, like as in night, that's gone out. That's, uh-huh. that's, that's finishing and personal brands is coming to the top. Huh. You know, okay. so like, I feel like, you know, for example, if I was still in real estate, 
uh, I'd be building a personal brand around that. So like they're buying me because people buy people. They don't buy things, right? They, they used to buy a brand, but I think um, people like to buy people now. So like, for example, if you were in real estate and you were the dude in real estate who was special, like, I'd be doing YouTube, I'd be doing Facebook, I'd be doing like, and I'd be attracting clientele based on their trust and likability of me, not necessarily of my brand. So for example, um, I think, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk does a good job of that. Uh, people buy whatever he sells. He sells shoes, he sells this, it doesn't matter. They buy him. Yeah. So brand is now super important, but you have to structure your business in a way that it doesn't just depend on that brand. So you either have to diversify your income into other assets that produce more income, or you have to systemize your business so that it, it can run without you. Okay. And so you've got to be careful if you have a big, strong personal brand, sometimes it can't run without you. So a good, strong business doesn't need a good personal brand necessarily. I think it's powerful if you have one, but you know, a business can run a great business runs without you when you're not there that's an amazing business you know so so how do you measure because you obviously have a personal brand and, and you market off of you know your name and your image and yeah. your story yeah. is how yeah. do you kind of take stock of your own personal brand and, and say this is we're going in the right direction or maybe a little off kilter here how do you kind of take stock of, of your own personal brand well i make sure that uh well, I make sure that my personal brand is like quality so i don't ever do things that are going to compromise my trustability or credibility or anything like that so just the way i act is always at a high standard so i always play above the line whether i'm on a video or i'm doing this or that i make sure it's an excellent i do an excellent job it doesn't always have to be perfect but you know strive for excellence in everything you do mm-hmm. um a shop that like a millionaire everything i do is like that um, but also authentic and genuine and like hey life's not perfect then i'm still a human and that, that's important so i'm always doing that for my own personal brand but in our business People are buying us to an extent, but we have a system within our business. So when they come in, there's people within our business and our, so our, our leaders within our business who go and who distribute our product, they actually model a lot of the stuff we do. So they become almost like little replicas of us. And so if we, if we got hit by a bus, the system that's in place now, they would still be able to propagate and grow the business without us. So our brand sets the standard. Our brand allows us to attract good people. And our brand gives us credibility and trustability within our organization. Um, but our good, our best people model that. So they can still run the business and the systems will fire without us. Um, and, and a sign of a great network marketing business is that it works when you're not there. So I'm conscious of that to make sure that it's not my own personal brand that, that makes the business grow. It's, it's a group of people working a system, much like teenagers uh, work McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So exactly. it's a balance, balance between systems and brand, I think is good. Awesome. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and I, cause I want to bring it back cause that's, I love learning about your business and it's, it's so cool to hear what it is that you do and how you implement your processes and, and train others, even on your own personal brand. I think, I think that's so interesting and that's something that I'm trying to learn more about, but, but I want to focus back on, on you and, and what, what do you think that your greatest skill is and what your greatest weakness is and how do you complement the two uh, greatest skill is persuasion one-on-one persuasion uh, getting people to buy into what we have that that's my best i can oh. do that yeah face to face is good on any find anything i'm really good at that and um and systems i'm pretty good at systems you know making sure that what we have works without us I've worked really, I've tried to hone those skills 
Um, and where I'm weak would be probably uh, sometimes in sometimes in the detail of things. Um, you know, in research, I'm pretty weak. I was amazing at that. In um, some some forms, some forms of like not empathy. I have heaps of empathy, but like having a softer like feelings in uh, business like oh that's right feeling first and then i can talk about this so i'm pretty i can be pretty like uh like unemotional <laughs> yeah so yeah. that that's probably a weakness that's a business guy yeah like pretty matter of fact and stuff and i guess that that would be it um sometimes also my weakness is not thinking big enough um you know I, thinking bigger would be something i would want to i'm working on now as in catching myself you know think bigger you've got to think bigger that's, that's so. something that i i caught myself on on this week because obviously there's there's 90 days to the end of the year you know yeah last quarter and you know setting up my and i'm finally getting some good business with with my real estate stuff and so now i've i've, I've gotten past the the ultra grind and the just nothingness of getting started at something new and now i've got some some consistent business and so i'm thinking okay what's my goal for the next 90 days and, and I set my goal and I was thinking, I'm like, where, where do I want to be in three years? And what is this goal going to ultimately amount to? And obviously you got to start somewhere and the, you know, the learning curve is long, but it gets taller and easier as you go. But I was like, I don't think that this goal is exact is anywhere near what I know I can do and what I want to have look to look back on and say, that's what, what I got done. So I just started thinking like where, getting more into that, not my 90 day vision, but my three year vision and my five year, my 10 year and really figuring out like working that backwards. And so yeah. is that something that you practice is, is, or are trying to do more of, I guess? Well, I'm really conscious to, we have written goals and I'm conscious to, to you know, stretch them, stretch myself to get to them. But also know that things take time. Uh, but I'm trying not to let time be the dictator of the goal. So like I read this great quote from Elon Musk. It said, try and achieve your 10-year goal in the next six months. Yeah. And I was like, what? that's freaky. So I guess it's just that level of thinking like it can be done. So mm -hmm. what does that look like now? So rather than wait to go, you know, two comma club in five years, how do I go two comma club in the next 60 days? Or how do I... Or how do we in our in our network marketing business hit a platinum business, which is like you know almost a million dollars a year net profit? How do we do that in, now in the next ninety days instead of in two or three years time? And and I don't have answers to it, but <laughs> but but it, it dictates it dictates your actions for the day. So like if you have this audacious goal, say you know what, just for fun, I'm going to put my my five year goal into six months. And if you bring it back like you said, then your thinking change. You think, okay, so if that's the case, what are my action items today that I need to do to get me there? And they're different. They're different from the five-year one. You, you, you approach the day differently. You approach your, okay, so if I'm going to spend my hour here, is that really effective? So my wife and I have this saying, you know, is this action going to take us to platinum? Is this going to take us to this? Is this action going to take us to that business goal? That's the question you ask yourself. If you set the goal, is this action taking me closer, faster? or further away slower and that's they're good questions you know you got to ask yourself if you want to yeah. go quicker and it's, it's sometimes if you do, timeline down well sometimes like i feel like you know 
you can be cruising all of a sudden when you do that you crunch so much into a small space and you pressure cook yourself and that's where growth tends to happen because you're imbalanced you know too many people i think are like oh, i want to live a balanced life i'm balanced here and balanced there and balanced and balanced I'm like this growth does not happen in balance growth and balance do not reside in the same place right you have to have imbalance to find growth so at moments in your journey entrepreneurial or not relate whatever it has to be super unbalanced for you to grow so that's why setting those big goals like for your big goals in the next 90 days if you stretch them that's where you're going to get the most growth because it should feel like a pressure cooker you're like holy shit i'm just getting pumped here mm-hmm. that's a good thing sometimes you know yeah and that's kind of that kind of goes back to your story of, of when you were building up the business from you had your back against the wall and then talking about innovation it's best to do that when your back isn't against the wall so trying to get uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable to be on the brink of failure, right? It's, it's scary. Nobody, yeah, you, have that choice. you don't know what the next day is going to bring you. And so when you're in a comfortable space, so many people obviously just take that for granted and sit there and, and, and stay in that box. But when you get to a point where you're there, you need to keep getting into a space where you're uncomfortable. That way you can keep growing and that you don't fall back into having your back against the wall. Yeah, so you have to actually put your own back against the wall in good time. So, for example, we just signed up for a 100-kilometer race that's in one month. And it's an example of throwing yourself into something, the unknown, the scariness of that is just like, whoa. So chucking yourself in there from a personal health standpoint, there's challenges to throw in front of yourself. David Goggins does a great job of talking about this in his book called Can't Hurt Me. And it's just about throwing personal challenges in front of yourself on purpose. Mm-hmm. I did that this year. With like I did a boxing program and did my first fight. I, I'm going to run a 100-kilometer race. These are things that get me uncomfortable on a physical level that are then going to make me tougher on a, on a, on a business level. But it's other things too, you know, like go and speak more. We're, we're doing a book launch event uh, in a month, you know, a, a first time ever. I don't know how to do a book launch. Um, <laughs> doing lots more podcasts. I don't, you know, uh, I even wrote a book this year for the first time, wrote it, did a course, launched it. It's only three weeks old and it's like, pfft. Uh, there's so many things I'm doing that, that I need to do to get to the next level, you know, doing like taking our team to Bali on a retreat. It's going to, I don't even know how we're going to pay for it yet, but it's going to be there, you yeah. know, those types of things. So you have to think bigger, you know, what are we going to do to launch the team? What are we going to do to, to take knowledge and launch a separate business and how are we going to scale that and how are we going to test ourselves on a personal level? So when we're telling stories, we can say, well, let me tell you about the grind of a hundred kilometer race. It's kind of like the grind of a business. This is how it ties in mm-hmm. and just developing your story more and more and more and more because success is built on success. You know, yeah. so throwing yourself into stuff that scares you is a really fast way to grow. Yeah. And I think, I think it was Grant Cardone that said this and I don't fully endorse this advice, but he's like, go out and buy uh, like whatever dream car you want, because even if you can't afford it, because you do that, you're going to have to pay for it. So that's going to kick your ass into gear and start, you're going to have to start making some more money because you got to pay for this car now. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can, well, it's like, it's called leverage. And Tony Robbins talks about it in his book, creating leverage in your mindset. And I think I've seen my dad do this before where he does all that. He's like, shit, I've got to get out of bed now and hustle. And so there's different, you, 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 you respond to different things based on you know your character. So I think that's smart, but like, um, you can do it in different ways. You don't yeah. have to go and buy a sports car. You can create leverage. Funny example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. But it's true. At a entrepreneur yeah. gurus. But um, yep. so I want to ask it so a couple more other questions. Um, when, and this isn't just business or anything, but just, just normal people. 
they're, they're trying to make it, they're trying to get out of the normal. They're, they're maybe trying to do something, take another, just the next step towards growth or success or, you know, a job promotion, whatever it may be. Right. What, what yeah. is your advice for somebody that is, is looking for that next step, that next opportunity, but they don't really know where to start yeah. and they don't have the okay. resources. Okay. Well, the very first thing you have to learn how to do is win. It's winning is like a, it's a habit. And so you have to get used to winning. Um, you know, what it feels like, how to overcome adversity to win. And the best way I was talking to a guy actually in messenger, he messaged me and you know, he lives here in Australia. He said, look, I don't have that many friends. Can I be your friend? I'm like, you can, but like, I'm going to, you're going to earn that. <laughs> like earn my time. And so I said, you know, what do you want in life? And he said, tell me what he wanted and what he was sick of. And, and so I, I know with him, I, you know, if I'm going to mentor him, just I felt like I, this kid needs some help. The first thing to do is learn how to win and you don't need money to do that. So I said, buy this book. It was Can't Hit Me by David Goggins and read it and finish it. Right? First thing, read that called Can't Hurt Me. And it's by David Goggins. Uh, he's a freak Navy SEAL. It's a, he's amazing. Anyway, so I said to him, read this book. And that's the first test. Read, read that book and finish it because most people pick up a book and don't finish it. That's a problem. If you are picking up books and not finishing them, that's showing up everywhere else in your life. So the first step is to buy that book. The second, I said to him, sign up for a marathon. He's like, what? I'm like, sign up for a marathon. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you want to learn what it's like to win and overcome adversity? I know you're not a runner. Sign up for a freaking marathon and do it. He's like, damn, okay. So I don't, I don't know if you've done it yet, but that, that once you read a book and finish it, get inspired, set a goal to run your body 42 kilometers, right? And you finish it and it's painful, but you did it you start to build up this mental strength and this cookie jar of achievements. That's one achievement. Now you go, okay, now what's my next achievement? Okay. I'm going to, it doesn't have to be sports driven. I'm going to, um, I'm going to write an ebook. So you sit down and you write your ebook or I'm going to launch a network marketing business. Great. Who's the network marketing business with? Who's your, who's your mentor? Who's, you know, where's the next event? What's the product and start a business, but then, Start it to finish it, as in build a full-time income from it. Don't just dabble in stuff. Mm -hmm. But like learning how to read a book and apply it and run a marathon and finish it is a great example of achievement. And if you don't, if you can't do that, you aren't going to be able to apply those achievement skills and habits into other things like business. It starts even in your body. I see someone who's overweight and they are they are not achieving, right? Straight up, you can tell that they're that they're failing in probably many areas of their life. Start with your body, get that sorted out and achieve things there. Then achieve things in your relationship because it's there and you can do relationship courses and apply it and achieve great things there and achieve things in your business. But like do something and execute on it and then have a measurable goal to achieve and don't stop until you freaking get it. And that's how winning's done. You know? Yeah, man. That's what I do. That's perfect. No, that's, that's awesome because that a lot of people just don't know where to get started. And, and that's kind of the toughest, the toughest part, especially when you're, you're young and, and even you said you got out of college, went into college, you didn't know what you wanted to do. Yeah. And it's tough when you're, there's so much, just you're looking out at the, the whole space and you don't know where to go. And yeah. So it's important. Yeah. And, and you had some, some good direction with people in your life. And I think that having somebody to kind of coach you and mentor you is really important. And that's yeah. what I think cuts the, the corner for a lot of people in life to, to really jump the gap. 
So what's what's yeah. some good advice for seeking a mentor, having a mentor, yep. um, and keeping one and, and using yeah. it to, to their advantage? Well I, th- well, I think the most important thing is to decide what type of business you're going to build part-time as a side hustle. So you have your job and it's important you show up to your job and it's important you look after your body. If you're a health, you got a healthy body and you've got a job, you're, you're, you're good. Like that, you're, you're in a nice space to begin. Um, so if you haven't got that, start with your body, get off the couch, go do stuff and make it a lifestyle and show up to your job and work at it to get paid your active income. Then what you really need to do is you need to decide, okay, what am I going to start as my side hustle? Because every great business has started as a side hustle. Am I going to be in affiliate marketing? And am I going to be in network marketing? And I'm going to create an info product and sell it. Am I going to start an Amazon business? Am I going to become a coach? Am I going to start a podcast? Am I going to, you know, be an Instagram influencer? Am I going to start a YouTube channel? Whatever it is, there's all these different ideas you can do with the internet, right? Look at them and explore them and interview people that are in them and figure out which one from a cost benefit analysis and ROI and time frame and everything and, and personal passion that you're most interested in. Okay. And then go, I think this is cool. I like this person. I like what they're doing here. This sits well with me. Okay, great. This is going to be my chosen side hustle. Then when you choose it, buy the course, buy the books, read them, then get close to the people who are really good at it. It's called proximity paying to get around the people who are really good at it and they will if you pay to get mentored by this so you pay to be around them they'll accept the men- that the mentorship will happen organically all right but you've got to pay and the more you pay the more you pay attention be okay with buying the course buying the book and paying to get close to those people right you want to be a great coach you know personal development coach you pay to go and hang out with tony robbins for a year pay the money you want to be a great info product you pay the money to go and hang out with russell brunson if you want to be great at Amazon, you go and pay the money to be close to Adam Hudson. If you want to, you know, whatever it is, whatever marketing, you pay to be close to me, right? As an example, but do that and stick with it and say, this is my side hustle. I'm going to pay for the mentorship and invest the money in getting good at it because I know the side hustle is going to pay me back. It's an investment. It's going to return me and stick with it for five to seven years. Wow. Five That's the reality. Years. Yeah, yeah, truly, it is, of course. It's true because you can't, it, not everyone's going to be an overnight millionaire. It takes a long time. And, no one uh, is. Yeah. yeah. The overnight success thing is a myth. It doesn't actually, it's, no. not, it's not real. It's yeah. not real. If, if you want to be in real estate, you know, like if, if I was going to be in commercial you know, and, and I was friends with you, I would be hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. Saying, teach me everything you know. I'll shadow you. I'll follow you around. You have to pay me. I'll buy you coffee, whatever. Just proximity, getting around people that are going to show you, you know. I did that with my dad for some. I just hung around him. <laughs> I'll learn heaps, you know, and, and so yeah. But I, I hang around like, you know, I read a lot of books. You know, I'm reading this from Russell Brunson. About I, I want to be around big people. That's know? another thing. That's a good way too. And I just I put that on on my. I think it was like my Instagram or whatever. It was like somebody had asked me, like a, a buddy, just us talking about mentorship and trying to trying to get into a space that he wanted to. And I said, start reading books. Because the people around, it's, it's tough to meet people in person right now, obviously, and networks are a little tougher. But these books are ways of people who have done the deal, gone through and been ultra successful. They are just naturally givers because they were all, most of these people were in a spot where they weren't, they didn't think that that was going to happen to them. That wasn't their plan. They didn't know. Yeah. They worked really hard and now yeah. they're sharing their experiences. Yeah, yeah, Totally in, in reality, in a book that costs yeah. like 15 bucks. Yeah. Cause they want to make an impact. They want legacy and that's the way to get it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I wrote a book. Yeah, you know, you're passing on things. You know, you like to mentor people, but only people that are hungry and coachable. Exactly. You know? And and I want to be mindful of your time, but I, I want to hear about speaking of books, your book. If you you know you don't have to tell us the whole story right now. Obviously, I want people. No, no, to no. It, and I'm <laughs> going to go out and purchase it and check it out. Um, but kind of give us the 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 back cover of it. What's what's it about and what's the yeah the story. Well, so um, the, the time I did, uh, I won this award in our company called the Man of the Year. And you know, I was grafting and, and, and hustling for five years to get that. Then this guy who saw me get the award reached out to me. And uh, long story short, he got me to start his boxing program. I did that, completed that, got fired of the series, really did my best. And then I started, kept training with him. And he said, man, you need to write a book. And he really put the screws into me as a mentor. He said, man, I want to challenge you. So that's what really created the book. And he's a, a boxing hall of famer. He's a tough dude. He's professional. We're doing the hundred K race together with my wife. And so he was the one that got me to start it. And why I did it was because I noticed that people have no freaking clue about money. None. They don't know how to save it. They don't know why they're saving it. If they have any savings, they don't know how to invest it to get more money back. They, they, they haven't read any books on money. They, they, they don't typically finish books. Like, just they're just most people just don't have any freaking clue where to start when it comes to money. So if they don't understand that, they're not going to understand how to get into business, right? So it's a short book, short read, but very effective. And what they'll learn in it is the three steps that I've formulated I've used to create independent wealth in my 30s, where I've been able to leave my job and create you know, multiple streams of income. That's what they'll learn. And it's three steps. And it's basically how to save money, how to create money, and how to grow money. And that's it. And it's very simple. And that's why it's been so well received because it's so simple. They don't need to sit there and go through a book like this about money. They just simple because money is simple. And the whole objective of the book is to simplify money for everyone and take the complexity out of it so they can all understand it and go out and create it, have independence, have abundance and not let it be the thing that stops them having a juicy life. Basically, you know, and what's the title of the book? It's called money grows on trees. All right. And you can get the book if you want. It's moneygrowsontreesbook.com is the URL. Moneygrowsontreesbook.com. You can jump in, grab a copy. There's a course there if you want to go to the next step. It's just how to plant your money tree and grow it. It's an actual physical. You can execute and start actually making money from that book. So I love it because it's a, it's like a, for the doers, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to try and follow the steps and I'm going to be a little case study for you if I can. Yeah. 100%, man. Definitely. You're going to, you'll get some, you'll get some, value from it for sure it'll it'll it i'm hoping that when you read it it'll give you the the, the money principles that you can keep forever yeah absolutely well lloyd thank you so much for being on the show very exciting to have you as first international guest jordan jordan year is international yeah <laughs> awesome thanks for having me on man i really appreciate you having me on and thanks for your time and and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to be your first international. It's great. And, and well done on what you're doing. I love it. Congratulations. It's great to see young people like yourself actually giving it a go and, and executing so well. So, you know, very impressive. Well, I appreciate it. And, and if I'm ever in Australia, I'll, I'll hit you up. I would love to visit. That is one of my top yeah. places to go and visit soon. I've never been out of the country. Um, so that would be great. But and, hey, if you're ever in Texas, ever in Austin, anyway, thank you so much. You have a wonderful day, uh, and I'll let you know whenever this comes out, but, but thank you again. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Lloyd. Talk to you later. See you, man.
Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode with me and Lloyd Ross. I hope you enjoyed it. Reach out to me if you had anything that you would like to take away from this and let me know. I love it when people reach out to me and let me know that it changed their day. It motivated them to do something. And, and that's really why I do it. I do it for you guys. This is such an amazing thing. And, and I love having guests like this on. And it was so cool to have my first international guest and to do it just over Zoom, and, you know, it's so simple to connect with people like that. And I was able to hear his amazing story, and so were you. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, Lloyd Ross, he's on Instagram as well, and he's got his book, Money Grows on Trees. If you want to check it out, really cheap, and it's full of really good knowledge. But anyway, those are my plugs. Hope you guys have an amazing day, and keep listening to the show, and keep having a great year. Thanks, guys.